Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. As we draw nearer to the celebration of the Feast of Christmas, and in fact uh, realize that Advent is three-quarters of the way uh, through, it is, I think, useful for us to think back over this season of Advent, especially uh, since, well, tonight uh, uh, we celebrate the day before the final week before Christmas, the final week uh, of Advent, beginning the, the those special days of Advent from the 17th to the 24th, dedicated to a particular emphasis on Jesus as the Savior and the light of the world. But we think back over Advent, and it, it's interesting to note the feast days that have been celebrated during this season. Of those wonderful men and women, those saints, that have gone before us, have embraced the mystery of Jesus Christ, and give us such a firm example. Now, I do not know why particularly some of them are celebrated at this particular time. Often the date that is chosen for the celebration of the life of the saint is what in Latin is called his uh, dies natalis, that is his birthday, but which meant his birthday into the everlasting kingdom, which for a martyr, of course, was the day of his execution. I think of St. Francis Xavier, uh, the great uh, missionary, St. Ambrose, that powerful Archbishop of Milan uh, back in the 4th and 5th centuries, the one who brought St. Augustine into the church, St. John of the Cross, the um, master of mystical theology, St. John Damascene, the uh, Syriac, who wrote powerful works uh, defending the orthodoxy of the Christian faith. But the one I want to highlight is St. Lucy, whose feast day we celebrate on December the 13th. Now, Lucy, in spite of the somewhat uh, scanty details of her life, still, in fact, earned an early popularity and even today is uh, honored uh, by Christians in particular parts uh, of the world, such as Scandinavia in Italy. And in fact, on December the 13th, there is a particular commemoration of St. Lucy in which uh, a young woman dressed as St. Louis uh, Lucy enters with a crown on her head of candles. And this is one of those ironies that is so profoundly Christian. For when Lucy faced her own death, she was a martyr, her executioners first blinded her and then killed her with a sword. This is probably around the year 303 A.D. in Syracuse in Sicily. In fact, her early popularity brought her name into the Roman canon, which is now our first Eucharistic prayer of, of the Mass. 
And in those areas where she is uh, very popular, there is a great deal of celebration on December the 13th. It, her celebration is called the Feast of Light. And I think uh, maybe so much is made out of her celebration, out, out of calling it the Feast of Light, because it is celebrated during the dark, uh, darkest time of the year. And in the dark, the power in the presence of Christ, still perhaps even in the, the faint flicker of a candle, overcome that darkness, as the Gospel of John tells us, that the darkness could not uh, comprehend or overcome the light which is Christ. But of course, the light, uh, the use of candles, to commemorate the blinded St. Lucy is a reminder that the light of which we speak is not necessarily the light of the sun or even the light of, of artificial illumination like electricity. It probably is the light that a faithful and devout individual discovers is internal and incredibly bright. It is the light that enlightens the mind. It is the light that warms the heart. It is the light that gives strength to martyrs to live and to proclaim uh, the faith. And interestingly, and in fact, I think it was just a kind of uh, happenstance, that the first reading for the Mass celebrated on December the 13th, on the Feast of St. Lucy, is taken from the Book of Numbers. And it is a part of the passage of that Book of Numbers which talks about the prophet Balaam and his donkey. Now this, this was really a rather interesting uh, account in the, the Bible because the prophet Balaam, was called upon by the king to curse the Israelites. The Israelites had begun to spread through Canaan, awakening a kind of fear and trepidation of, of neighboring kings and their people. And uh, the king wanted Balaam to go and, and, and curse the Israelites to stop them. And I want to read just a little passage from that uh, first reading. The utterance of Balaam, the reading goes on, son of Baor. The utterance of the man whose eye is true. The utterance of one who hears what God says and knows what the Most High knows. Of the one who sees what the Almighty sees, enraptured and with eyes unveiled. I see him, but not now. I behold him, though not near. A star shall advance from Jacob, and a staff shall rise from Israel. Now, uh, for those of you who are devotees of Mendelssohn, he wrote uh, a marvelous, marvelous musical piece based on this uh, last verse, A Star Shall Rise from Jacob. I encourage you to find it and listen to it. It's a, a, a very powerful piece. But in fact... The story tells about Balaam and his donkey sent to curse Israelite, uh, the Israelites, and his donkey uh, 
recognizes the presence of the angel of God, uh, uh, forbidding them from uttering this curse, before Balaam does. But Balaam finally uh, says, I cannot uh, curse the Israelites. They are in the hands of God. I can only bless them. But it's the way that uh, Balaam is described as one whose eye is true, the one who hears what God says and knows what the Most High knows, of one who sees what the Almighty sees and with eyes unveiled. And the next line is a particularly important one for us as we celebrate Advent and we draw nearer to Christmas. I see him, though not now. I behold him, though not near. I know he is present, and I await his second coming. I honor him as one who was among us, who appeared 2,000 years ago, but not the nearness of his eternal kingdom that will be fully revealed. And as we celebrate the Feast of St. Uh, Lucy, I think we have to pray for that light that was, in fact, the characteristic of God's gift to Lucy, especially at the end of her life here on earth. That light that shines in our hearts and minds, that light that gives understanding, that gives a power. It is the eyes of the heart and the mind and it is a light that is the fruit of grace, devotion, prayer, and meditation. It is a light that shines particularly in dark times. It is the source of the courage of martyrs. It is the source of the courage of all Christians, able to face whatever comes their way and to overcome it in the grace of God. It is a light that gives consolation and direction, knowing that the Lord who came first at Christmas will come again and pray for this light and be of good cheer. <laughs> 